Welcome to Paradigm Shift, the podcast about the intersection of business and law. By changing yourself, you can change your business. Now, here's your host, Christina Martini. Welcome to Paradigm Shift. My name is Christina Martini, and I'm your host as we explore the intersection of business and law. Today, we are going to continue our conversation from inside the general counsel's office with our very special guest, Megan Belcher. Megan is a member of the Schooler Company's senior leadership team and serves as senior vice president, general counsel, and corporate secretary. Megan leads Schooler's legal as well as its brand marketing and corporate communications teams. In the 15 years preceding her joining the leadership team at Schooler, Megan was a partner with an AmLaw 100 law firm in its food and agribusiness unit, focusing on compliance, labor and employment, and litigation matters, in addition to serving as the vice president and chief counsel of employment law and compliance at Canagra Brands for seven years. Megan was in private practice, representing large public and private companies in employment, labor, and litigation matters for over six years prior to her relocation to Omaha in 2007 to begin her in-house career at Conagra Brands. It is my pleasure to welcome Megan Belcher back to the show. Thank you very much. So we ended the last part of our conversation by talking about the importance of relationships and that being one of the things that surprised you, has surprised you the most in your role as GC. And it's actually a wonderful segue into the next part of our conversation, which is another critical part of your GC role, that being your relationships and interactions with your C-suite and the board. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about those relationships and what the things that GCs need to keep in mind are with regard to those relationships? What a great question. And I think particularly in our, our current environments where connectivity in person is not happening as often as we would like, and we are pushed more to a virtual environment, I think it's a very timely one. In the general counsel role, and I think really agnostic of your practice venue, your relationships with your business partners and clients are always going to be critical. Any investment and time that you make in those relationships is going to pay back in exponential dividends. As you think about being the general counsel in dealing with the most complex, positive business opportunities and complex problems that the company is dealing with, having relationships where you've developed a track record of known performance and trust will really enable you to do your job in a much more effective way. From a perspective of what things should GCs keep in mind with regard to those relationships, I think in particular with your senior leadership partners and with your board, it is critical to approach working through issues by looking at the lens that you know each of your individual humans will bring to the table. You may know that compensation is a critical issue for one board member. Governance may be a critical issue for the other board member. Understanding how stock ownership works may be a critical issue for another board member. Really ensuring that you are taking the time 
as a business person and as a lawyer. And I, I put those in a very specific order to say, what is the lens that my stakeholders are bringing to the table? And if you can be disciplined and take the step to thoughtfully bring that data to the table as you're looking to drive a solution, I think you will be dramatically better, not only in the outcomes and options that you bring to the table, but also in the change management exercise as you look to drive the absorption of that ultimate solution and the success for the company. So I think that having that perspective, making sure you're engaging in that discipline is really critical as you think about managing those relationships. Well, and that's terrific advice that applies for all the lawyers out there, whether it's your relationships with clients or just folks that you work with. But I think that the information and your advice is is terrific with regard to managing relationships in general and just really understanding the frame of reference that others who are part of a decision-making process or just folks that you have to interact with on a on a regular basis understanding how they view the world and what they bring to the table is critically important we've had as one of our recurring themes that we've touched on during the course of our conversation has been covid which is no surprise i mean at the time that we're having this conversation we are now a good four and a half months into and essentially pretty much near the five-month mark at this point with regard to having to function on a day-to-day basis with, with COVID being front and center. So I would imagine in response to the next question I've got for you, which is what keeps you up at night as a GC, I would imagine COVID and how it touches on everybody's personal and professional experiences is probably one of the things that keeps you up at night as GC, but would love to hear more from you about that and anything else that you find is really front and center for you these days as a GC. You're very astute in your identification of that issue. I think many GCs have the kind of same hot list of of legal and business items that keep them up at night, and I'm sure I'm no different there. Contextually, as we're thinking about right now, the issue that keeps me up at night more as a senior leader and and less as a a technical lawyer for the company is around the health, well-being, and vitality of of my teams who are carrying a heavy load, as, as many are, and for our employees in the company. You know, we continue to execute and made the pivot during the pandemic really wonderfully. And I really just have very deep pride in our company and our employees and our leadership. But I think we have a continuing tail on navigating the disruption. And I think as we continue to navigate work from home, return to office, And as many are navigating the very complex situation with return to school or virtual school, very focused on ensuring that my teams have the support they need, that we are resourced appropriately, and that as a senior leader at the company, we are thoughtfully thinking about our culture, setting all of our employees up for success, and ensuring that they understand 
our deep, deep sense of gratitude for what they are carrying and managing every day, both personally and professionally, and the dedication that they have shown. From a diversity, equity, and inclusion perspective, I will continue to be focused, and I know our leadership is very focused on ensuring um, that we are being mindful that this disruption is not driving disparate impact on our affinity groups that we have in our organization and folks who, based on the national data, we may be concerned, may be seeing additional disparate impact from the pandemic. And then finally, as a, as a trustee of our foundation that does tremendous work in our communities where our employees work and live, continuing to think about, are we ensuring that we are investing in the right places and having the highest impact in our communities where we can to help the many who are so in need right now? So those are some key items that are top of mind for me. Well, and those are really critically important things to be focused on, um, whether there's a pandemic or not. But I would imagine in the in the wake of COVID, more than ever before, each of these things is is critically important. And I'd love to just point to one in particular that I think is a good segue into the next question, and that's the diversity and inclusion piece. I know from having talked to a number of my clients and other GCs and C-suite people that I know in my circles that DNI is something that is really front and center. Then folks are not only concerned about what the pandemic, what effect and impact it has on diversity and inclusion within their organizations, but also what happens with respect to their outside counsel and the teams from the outside counsel perspective that service their businesses. And so I think this is a really good segue actually into the next question, which is to explore with you a little bit the relationships that you have with outside counsel. I would imagine based on the importance of DNI to your organization that that's just one thing that is critically important that you hold your outside counsel accountable for but would love to hear from you the good, the bad, and the ugly with respect to your outside counsel relationships. What's gone well for you? Where have outside counsel, who I'm sure will remain nameless and understandably so, where have they gone off the rails? And whether you've got any tips for dealing with outside counsel. What a great question, especially right now with so much complexity in the marketplace for many law firms. I've always had, through I think both luck and hard work, the benefit of having extremely good relationships with my outside counsel partners um, and consider our outside firms true strategic partners to both my team and to our company. We've spent the last three years as a team refining our outside counsel strategy to consolidate our spend and to get down to just a handful of key strategic firms with whom we can partner more closely around strategy, um, how we do our work, and to innovate and also innovate in the face of how we can support those firms in their diversity, equity, and inclusion journeys. We were very excited this year to join uh, the Mansfield Rule Program through Diversity Lab. Karen Ulrich Stacy has been a tremendous leader She's amazing. Yeah. I mean, she's terrific. Phenomenal. Yeah. (laughs) 
there are many members of the Karen Ulrich Safety Fan Club. We're very excited to be a part of that program. Where we will focus on uh, considering at least 50% of historically underrepresented lawyers for 70% or more of the leadership roles and activities identified under that program. I think that we, you know, diversity, equity, inclusion, and in particular, women reaching leadership roles in the practice of law has been a passion area for me for many, many years. I think we have done a nice job in the past about ensuring both diversity and inclusion among our outside counsel portfolio. I will say Diversity Labs program has made us much more metric driven and focused on being deliberate about making the ask and driving much more of a robust accountability program for us. And I'm incredibly excited about that. And we will continue to be focused on that more globally, including partnering with um, other law departments in Omaha to find ways, one, develop a pipeline of outside counsel talent that those law departments can have access to, and then two, a way that we might support incoming lawyers through internships and other networking mechanisms so we can really ensure that as a legal community and as in-house partners who have the influence that legal spend can have are really driving our outside council partners to understand the importance of diversity, equity, inclusion. From a, a tips for successful relationships, I, I think it's, it's a lot of hard work, but it's also, I don't think, complicated. You need to make sure you meet your commitments. Think about providing exceptional legal service. And in many times, the, the relationships that I have formed that have really become forged in steel are those who really pitched in in difficult times to help us drive to success for a creative solution where without them and without them really just jumping in the boat with us last minute, um, we otherwise would not have been able to come with such a result. And also outside council partners who genuinely care about your team's success and about your success and your company's success. So really having that team, collaborative, pay-it-forward mindset as you think about partnering together. The, the ways that those relationships typically go awry is when that theme and when that approach is not at the table. It sounds like you've been very fortunate that you've had some very solid outside counsel relationships. Are there any anecdotes that you can share with our listeners about, you know, an instance or two where maybe things did not go as planned? Sure. I mean, I, I'll maybe more just globally say, typically when I think the situations where it has gone most poorly will usually land in one of two buckets. One, a mistake has been made and mistakes happen. Lawyers are not robots. And I think Every in-house lawyer should come to the table understanding that humans are humans and sometimes things will happen. When accountability is not present and visible, when those mistakes happen, I think that can drive a lot of complexity in that relationship. 
In addition, uh, the second bucket I would highlight where I think things can often go awry is when very clear expectations have been set, whether it be around the work product deliverable, what you expect to see in terms of how a matter is staffed, expectations around a spend or how a matter will get billed. And then those expectations are not met and there is not a proactive conversation about why or coming to a joint solution. It's kind of delivered after the clear expectations have been set. Those are typically, in my experience, the two places where relationships can really be broken. And absent, I think, uh, a partnership and a conversation around getting to the root cause of why that happened, I think it's often one of those situations can be unrecoverable. Yeah. And obviously outside counsel don't want relationships going down that road where they're not recoverable. And I think you've offered some really good insight into what's important in a relationship. A lot of it is information and a sense that all of us, particularly those who are more seasoned, should have about their clients as outside counsel. And I appreciate your insight into that. We only have a few minutes left, and I'd love to delve into a little bit more about you as a person and what you also do professionally with all the free time, and I say that tongue in cheek, with all the free time that you have, (laughs) um, you are so dedicated to the betterment of the profession and to bringing others along and to paying it forward. And so we'd love to hear a little bit more about what you do by way of extracurricular outside of your GC role and also what you do for fun personally. Yeah, I have two young daughters that I love spending time with in, in a Uh, Pre-COVID world, we traveled extensively, and we are starting to find new ways to scratch that itch. We recently bought an RV, stretching into a new type of travel so we can ensure we're being safe during the pandemic. Um, In addition, I have a real passion for doing pro bono work in my community and ensuring that I am supporting those who may not have equal access to legal services. I run a group for women lawyers called Drinks Among Friends, where we crowdsource leadership and development opportunities for women in three cities, Minneapolis, Kansas City, and Omaha. And I have a wonderful group of friends and family that I love spending time with, whether that be a virtual Zoom happy hour right now or a social distance walk, and just ensuring that I'm managing my own personal and professional vitality. I also volunteer at the girls' school when I can, and love being a part of that community, um, which has really done a phenomenal job um, supporting its families during the pandemic. In just the quiet times, I'm a, a big reader. I love podcasts, which is how I became a fan of yours. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> have a, a passion for being outdoors and just uh, travel and enjoying life when possible. Well, you accomplish so much. You accomplish more than pretty much anybody else 
I know and would love to hear from you what is next for you. It sounds like, you know, you've got a lot of things going on. You have clearly uh, mapped out, I think, what you are interested in experiencing. I would call you an experiencer, both personally as well as professionally. And my guess is that you have at least some sense of in, in the short to medium term, what is next for you personally and professionally. I would love to hear more about that. Yeah, we um, professionally, we just started a new fiscal year, coming off an incredibly strong year, despite the pandemic. Uh, and I'm very excited about thinking about the year ahead for my team and some exciting things that we're tackling both from a legal and a brand marketing and corporate communications perspective. We have some big deliverables on the horizon that I think will be very transformative for our company this year. From my professional development perspective, I'm probably most excited about a mastermind group that I started for 12 women general counsel. We kicked off two weeks ago and have our first full day meeting on uh, late August. In late August, we will be spending the year together focusing on our professional development and partnership with an executive coach. And we'll be bringing experts to the table from around the world to help us develop in key areas that we've identified as a group of general counsel. I'm very excited about the diversity of thought that those women will bring to the table, the expertise uh, that we are going to mine from our networks to share their insights with us and really thinking about the collective success we will achieve by this time next year. So I'm delighted that that has come together and that we'll be undertaking that work virtually to continue our development in a really impactful way over the upcoming year. Personally, I, like many, will be embarking on a dynamic school year with my daughters and will be very focused on, one, supporting them in maximizing their success and health and well-being in the upcoming year, and then also doing what I can as a, a parent at the school to make sure that we are supporting our faculty and staff there during a complicated year that they are now also navigating with their family. So that is going to be a significant priority for me personally. Well, we wish you the best of luck, both with everything you've got going on professionally, the impact that you're making on your community, as well as getting ready for what is going to be most likely a challenging, but hopefully an ultimately rewarding fall and rest of the year for you and your family. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And I wish the same to you. Oh, thank you. So one of the last questions that I'd like to ask is, and I've asked this of the other GCs with whom I've um, had conversations over the past couple of years that I've been doing this podcast which is if you could either you know, give our listeners some advice just generally beyond what we've talked about, or even your younger self, if you could give your younger self any advice based on the experiences that you've had so far in your career and in your life, what would that advice be? Uh, I think for particularly for our time right now, I would say don't underestimate the potential place of privilege that you might come from and think about how you can extend that privilege to others right now 
during a pretty dynamic time for our country and really around the world. The legal industry, I love being a lawyer. I love lawyers. And I think one of our best qualities is that we typically bring to the table a make it happen approach. And I would encourage during a time in which uh, many may be impacted, and I think particularly as we think about diversity, equity, and inclusion in the legal industry, that there may be disparate impact on many groups. Think about how you can be reaching out to support and help others, whether it's simply making a connection, offering 30 minutes up on your calendar a week for young lawyers of color to build their network and start finding new ways to uh, make inroads in different organizations, giving business to uh, a new lawyer who maybe you have not worked with uh, as extensively before and giving them the opportunity to succeed, offering someone a development opportunity, thinking about how you can help extend privilege and opportunities for success more broadly in a time when many will be struggling. I think not only is a tremendous opportunity for our industry, um, in my experience, it can also be a tremendous opportunity for you individually, both to learn and find gratitude in your day-to-day practice and professional life, but those things can often come back and find you in new and exciting ways in the future in a multiplier. So find a way to reach out into our communities and support those who may be impacted in more expansive ways, given our current pandemic and just with the complexities that that's driving in our industry. Megan, that's such wonderful advice. I really appreciate you joining me today and for your sage wisdom and caring that you've so clearly demonstrated during our our conversation. Do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners and where can they find you? I really just want to thank you for what you are doing um, and the platform that you are offering to so many experts who can extend their expertise into the legal and business market. I have so enjoyed the content that you produce. And I also know that you have a tremendously busy role as both a leader and practitioner. And what you do is, is not easy. And it takes a great amount of discipline and investment personally and professionally. So I just want to say I appreciate you and the example that you are setting for women and others who have an aspiration to lead in big law. So just, I want to congratulate you and thank you for what you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Uh, You can find me on LinkedIn or at mbelcher at schooler.com. Megan, thank you again. I'm so thrilled that we had this time together and really look forward to having you on the show again for us to continue to explore these very important topics together. Thanks for the wonderful conversation. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Paradigm Shift. We hope that you have enjoyed part two of our conversation with Megan Belcher from inside the general counsel's office. We hope that you will join us for our new episode next week. I'm your host, Christina Martini. Please look for our weekly episodes every Tuesday. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. 
please visit us at www.paradigmshiftshow.com. We would love to hear from you. Please look for new episodes of Paradigm Shift every Tuesday.